and pro- these are the things that are really believed now. The title of Jason Silva's documentary in 2012 was Turning Into Gods. The year before that, he noted in an interview with Forbes magazine, that is America's foremost business magazine, that, quote, we are the species that transcends our limitations. And so, with turning into gods, talking about his documentary, he said, I want to ignite a new conversation about who and what we are as we face exponential change. Now, is this the kind of change that you can believe in? Well, these folk truly do, and we're going to see to what extent they actually do believe that we're turning into gods. He made very clear the mind-heart motivational connection, revealing what may otherwise to most be a mystery. And that is, he said, we want to transcend our biological limitations. That's a direct quote. We want to transcend our biological limitations. What did we mean by that? Transcending biological limitations. We're going to have to find out what that means. We're going to have to explore that here on Viewpoint today because it has everything from moving from transgenderism to transhumanism, from transgenderism to transhumanism. I received a piece today from Scott Lively. The title is Luciferian Transhumanism versus God's Creation. He says the growing chorus of voices is warning about transhumanism, a force multiplying sciences of genetic engineering, robotics, and artificial intelligence. In spiritual terms, it represents the prophesied last day's rebellion of mankind against our creator God. As we humans attempt, like gods, to create a better version of ourselves, as if his creative powers are inferior to ours and he is inferior to us. He goes on to say transgenderism is the penultimate, well, that is next to the last stage, of deconstruction of the civilization God made for us, destroying the human perception that we are created male and female in his image. But transhumanism, as opposed to transgenderism, is the ultimate stage, destroying through genetic modification God's separation between humans and animals and I might say, and machines as distinct kinds. Transhumanists perceive themselves as creating their own utopia in which they are immortal. In other words, their own heaven. Not a, This isn't hyperbole. It's an actual plan currently being implemented, yes, even by the World Economic Forum's Yuval Noah Harari. Mm. Does this get your attention yet? I hope so, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and today there should be considerable conviction in our own minds and hearts to bring us to the place where we have absolute confidence that God is God, we are not, and we cannot transcend our biological limitations and become God. And if we try, and if in our minds and hearts we think that there's a reasonable possibility we can do so, we then have aligned ourselves with Lucifer. 
He thought he was so enlightened. Lucifer means light. And he thought he was so enlightened that he said, I will be equal to God. I will be like the Most High God. And so he has been on a 6,000-year full-court press to impress human beings made in the image of God to declare themselves equal to God or God themselves. That's where we're heading here today on Viewpoint. And quite frankly, when that happens, humankind will have declared themselves their own Messiah. And so today, again, we're unveiling the mystery of the ages. Messiah. That's my latest book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. And chapter 13 of the book is called Scientific Salvation. And begins with the words, turning into gods. That was the title of Jason Silva's documentary in 2012. Calling for us to transcend our biological limitations. So we must talk about that. And before we go further, I might as well just let you in on the fact that you can get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, that just came out in August. It's yours for uh, your gift of $22 to Save America Ministries. Just give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Go to the website, saveus.org, saveus.org, or uh, give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5.00. Postage and handling. Messiah unveiling the mystery of the ages. And you have no idea. It's almost impossible for the average person to have any comprehension of the various permutations and combinations of ideas and thinking out there that make us as created beings into our own Messiah therefore rendering us unnecessary to have a Savior, unnecessary to have a Messiah. It's amazing, friends, utterly amazing. It's mind-boggling, actually, but it's true. This is the reason why, one of the main reasons why, Jesus warned in his Olivet Discourse uh, to his disciples about the premier characteristic of these end times, and that is deception. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. And he was warning believers. He wasn't warning the pagans. He was warning the believers. That's that's the group that he was concerned about. He went on to say, many are going to come in, even in my name. Many are going to come in my name and deceive many. Not deceive just a few, deceive many. Then, as if that were not enough, he upped the ante and said, And by the way, guys, and you have to believe this was a rather sobering thing for Jesus to say right there two days before his crucifixion. But he said, fellas, I I need to make sure that you understand how great this deception is going to be. Because if it were possible, even the very small remnant elect would be deceived. That's why we need to talk about this, friends. It's serious, and it's happening right before our eyes, as you're about to see. Scientific Salvation. We'll be back. 
Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's always a delight to come before you here to talk about the things that matter most. Uh, We may not be talking about the economy. We may not be talking about the election. We may be talking about these kinds of things. But what we're talking about here is something of even far greater importance, ultimately. And so uh, everybody else is talking about election. Everybody else is speculating on what party is going to swing this vote and that vote and the other vote. Nobody really knows. And so it's not important for us to spend time wasting time here on this program where we have only an hour at our disposal to talk about the things that matter most. Others are talking about those things. We need not talk about them at this juncture. Now, when Jason Silva, 10 years ago, created his uh, documentary called Turning Into gods he wasn't kidding he even presented it to uh, formal uh, forbes magazine america's foremost business magazine and he said what this is about is transcending our biological limitations you say well what could that possibly mean transcending rising above our biological limitations well I I think the answer to that question defines the very heart and soul of the meaning of what I call scientific salvation. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I want to take you back about 20 years. About 20 years. In fact, uh, it could be 25 years now. I was, uh, and I've stated this before several times on the air over the years, but I was delayed in a flight from LAX to Richmond, Virginia. And in that delay, I was flying Delta. And uh, so I stayed over in Delta's special, uh, they they have a special room for people. Uh, Usually it's people who fly a great deal with Delta. And so I was allowed to be in that room And as I was sitting there, there was a man across from me that I engaged in conversation. And he identified himself as an international engineer for the Sony Corporation. As we talked, he was just exulting in all of the great scientific developments of the time. And one of the things that he said was the time is coming when we will not need telephone instruments. There'll be implants. Well, At this juncture, 25 years later, that's not too hard to comprehend, is it? But he didn't stop there. Without without even taking a breath, he made this statement that I've never forgotten. He said, the day is coming when we will be gods. The day is coming when we will be gods. Friends, that is the spirit of transhumanism and scientific salvation. 
That is the expression of the effect of transcending our biological limitations, to be something other than what God created us to be. And apparently, many in the world of science, particularly unbelievers or disbelievers, are convinced that this is possible. So I want to share with you uh, what we should understand from the stated goal uh, of these words, transcending biological limitations. What does it mean? What are the implications? So here we go. Uh, By the way, as I share these things, remember, uh, these are not declarations of my viewpoint. These are declarations of the viewpoint of scientists who believe that we are going to transcend our biological limitations, what the ultimate effect is going to be. So listen carefully. First, I am a biological being, yet made in the image of God. I'm not satisfied with being merely a being of flesh and blood with heart and soul. I will transcend this mortal being and become immortal through scientific salvation or technology. I will not die, but live forever, eventually through technological salvation. I will become transcendent, and together we will finally rule the world. I and we will become God. Sounds pretty shocking, doesn't it? Talk about blasphemy and chutzpah, but if you're a non-believer and you're working in the world of science and in the fields that are seriously attempting to uh, supersede our human experience, our biological limitations, then this is their motivational trajectory and the motivational trajectory of technology driven by God-denying, God-despising scientists and philosophers. So why would they want to become as God or God's when, and and while adamantly maintaining their disbelief in both a God and creator. It's amazing. It's It's a kind of dissonance that reveals a level of mental and spiritual fragmentation, I think, that such scientific techie minds just can't seem to grasp. But their disbelieving heart and intent is revealed in a philosopher, May Migley. May Migley made it clear in her 1992 book, Science as Salvation. Now, bear in mind, again, you've heard me say this before many times, and I'm going to say it again because I do believe there is a reason why God spoke to my heart as a practicing trial attorney after 20 years in 1992, stating, you've been pleading the cause of man long enough. I want you to plead my cause in the land as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation in America's greatest crisis hour here on the near edge of the second coming. I said, yes, sir. And we went about preparing the way, incorporating Save America Ministries to rebuild the foundations of faith and freedom as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. And then... By May 7th of 1995, launched this radio program to confront the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. So 1992 was the year in which the trajectory of things in the Western world and in America 
changed dramatically. It was a fulcrum year, 1992-93. So she wrote a book, Mae Bigley wrote this book, Science as Salvation. And she, quote, traces the notion of achieving immortality by transcendence of the material human body, unquote. Transcending biological limitations. It has one goal, becoming immortal. You're becoming as God. So, do you really think that the folk out there really believe that this can be achieved? The pinnacle of human pride? Well, take a look then. The cover story of Time Magazine, February 21st, 2011. Here was the title. 2045. The year man becomes immortal. That was the title. 2045, the year man becomes immortal. That's 23 years from now. Oh, but that's not all. So in in case you're breathing a sigh of relief now, that that momentous event lies off uh, somewhat in the distant future, 23 years from now, Maybe we should consider the claim of Werner Vinge concerning the consummate event known as the singularity, which he exalts is going to revolutionize the world, ushering in what he calls a post-human epoch. So he was asked in 1993, notice May Migley, her book, 1992, Science of Salvation. Now he's in 1993... The very year we formed Save America Ministries, and he's announcing the coming technological singularity. And here's what he said. He expected the ultimate progression of human history to virtual godhood. Quote, I said I'd be surprised if the singularity had not happened by 2030. Unquote. Does that ring a bell for you? 2030? Well, it should. That's the year that Klaus Schwab, heading up the World Economic Forum, has declared the final establishment of the Great Reset. In other words, the New World Order. That's the year that the United Nations has established in its agenda as uniting the world in a one-world government. Notice how the the merger of all of these various uh, uh, influences, determinations, agendas, whatever you want to call them, they all seem to be following exactly the same trajectory in time. John Kerry declared and was ushered in by the inauguration of Joseph Biden as U.S. president. He said the Great Reset was going to be brought in by Joe Biden. He said it also noteworthy that the United Nations has established for fulfillment of its one world order globalist intentions, Agenda 2030. We're not talking here about conspiracy theories and ideas. We're talking about reality from a variety of different viewpoints. Now, 
First of all, I want you to know, I do not believe that science itself is evil. Science is not evil. It's just all science is, is a means to try to search out truth based upon uh, what could be discerned from what is, that is creation itself. That's how the earliest scientists, some of the most famous scientists in the history of mankind, uh, that's what they believed. They believed that the only way that they could be scientists and search was because an intelligence far greater than any of them had created and ordered things in such a way that they could be discovered. That is no longer the view of many scientists. Science becomes evil in in the hands of and as the expression of the heart of evil men, friends. So a man or a woman who strives through science to escape humanity and become virtual deity has, I, I think, by definition, become evil by lustfully desiring and determining to go beyond the scope of his or her privilege as a human being and thus superseding the intent of the creator to configure his own design to be as God. That's exactly what Satan determined and declared that he would do. So, whether you're a Jew or Gentile, a proclaimed atheist or an agnostic, uh, regardless of religious persuasion, I, I think we have to take this seriously because beliefs have consequences. All viewpoints determine destiny. They lead to actions that may affect your destiny, whether temporal or eternal. Now, one proponent of this this mysterious desire to become as virtual gods or God stated it in the movement that epitomizes the most daring, courageous, imaginative, and idealistic aspirations of humanity. On the contrary, the famous futurist philosopher Francis Fukuyama described this movement as, quote, the world's most dangerous idea, unquote. He said, and the question is, are we talking about mere betterment of humanity as humans, or are we seeking human enhancement beyond humanity? That's the issue. Now, in my opinion... Our pastors should be at least exposing their congregations to this massive deception because it's coming in the name of science. And people, when they hear the word science, they just think, oh, well, it must be true. How often did uh, uh, Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci, declared? Well, that's science. We believe in science. We believe in science. We believe in science. And then he basically declared things in such a way that he was the very incarnation of science. And then we discover he lied. It wasn't science at all. It was a pretense to market a globalist agenda using the word science as the driving force to get people to believe it. This is a world of deception, friends. And we need to be discerning 
beyond all else. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcasts live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. As we continue on with our look at transhumanism, uh, the next step beyond transgenderism, as the final attack on God by human beings declaring themselves capable of being equal with God or superseding God or turning into gods. That's what we're talking about here. And as we continue to move forward with this, you might want to anchor your seatbelt because it becomes even more tenuous concerning the uh, sheer boldness or chutzpah Uh, that these folk have in mind to turn you and I into something other than what we are. It's pretty amazing. Now, we're going to begin this section, the second half of the program, by talking about the genome, the human genome. So decoding of the human genome at the outset of this millennium was the most ambitious biological mission in the life of humanity. So the unraveling of the human DNA became a scientific sign of the, quote, unveiling of history's greatest mystery, unquote. Opening the door, I think, to the purported fulfillment or revelation of this ultimate messianic moment. You could describe it as apocalyptic, which actually means the unveiling. The word apocalypse means unveiling, the unveiling. So the human DNA discovery, or unraveling, was the unveiling of something. It was described as, quote, the book of life, unquote. What does that mean? It's talking about Godhood, the book of life, God's book of life. So uh, you might reflect on the Bible's reference to uh, those embracing Jesus as Messiah which are said to be written in the book of life. So this language is not merely metaphorical. It's loaded with spiritual vision and aspirations to godhood, all under the cover of science. So the scientist reasons that if God made humankind in his image, then the human DNA further unraveled, might reveal how we humans could be like God or even become God. 
And if scientific minds could just be unleashed to fulfill the faith of the future, to be like or equal to the God of creation, we would need, there would be no sin, no need for salvation, just science as the Savior. We would be our own messiahs. Wow. That's where this is going. Francis Collins, who headed that uh, publicly financed genome project since 1993, there's the name, the number again, 1993. He professed to be a follower of Jesus and Messiah. He noted that decoding the book of life poses daunting moral dilemmas, the power to re-engineer the human species. It's just amazing. It's breathtaking, friends. He made clear, we do ascribe some sort of quasi-religious significance to our DNA. So, have we achieved scientific salvation? Or is it just lurking around under a secretive mantle for the momentous unveiling of our messianic moment, my friends? Well, there was a White House gala in the celebration of the 10-year, $2 billion genome project, ordering the 3.1 billion molecule letters of the DNA residing in almost every human cell, that Bill Clinton then compared the feat to such paradigm-shifting accomplishments as Sir Isaac Newton's discoveries in physics and the 1969 moon landing. He said, without a doubt, this is the most important, most wondrous map ever produced by mankind. But that wasn't all. It was described by the Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, as deciphering the book of life. Then, Dr. Francis Collins, director of the National Human Genome Project, said, quote, we have caught a glimpse of an instruction book previously known only to God, unquote. So, are we playing God Or are we becoming God? One tends to lead to the other. Playing God tends to lead to the belief that you are God ultimately. And that was the messianic message, by the way, that was echoed all over the world in response to the cloning of Dolly. Remember that? Newsweek, the magazine, business, uh, the, the news magazine, Asked in his cover story, Little Lamb, who made you? Then, the cover made clear the bigger question hovering over this scientific pride or hubris, quote, can we clone humans, unquote. So, was this not really, are we not only playing God but becoming God? Can we save ourselves and become immortal without the divine intervention of a Savior or Messiah Redeemer? That's the real question. And scientists, unbelieving scientists, are absolutely convinced that we can. It's about creating immortality. So, here's the question. Is this now science's messianic moment? Huh, it is. That's exactly what it is. And I want to share some further things with you in just a moment. 
But you might want to seriously consider getting a copy of my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Some of these things are revealed in chapter 13 of the book called Scientific Salvation. It's unbelievable, my friends. But you better believe it because these things are happening, and this is part of the massive deception that is coming upon the earth. And human beings were susceptible to being seduced, yes, even by that which comes in the name of science. The book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, $22 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Every pastor, every youth pastor should read that chapter and prayerfully consider its implications for their congregation. This is not a game, my friends. These people are intent on leading the world to believe we can become God. Therefore, we need no Savior, we need no Messiah, because we have become our Savior and Messiah. Do you remember the fave reporter Kenneth Woodward? Yeah, the guy back in the... uh, the day of the Watergate fiasco. He wrote an article. Today the sheep, tomorrow the shepherd. Wow, he got it. He realized this cloning of Dolly as a sheep becomes a much, much bigger issue. Did humankind become the creator? Since when has morality impeded godless scientists from pursuing scientific salvation as an alternative to confessing sin and embracing a savior by faith? A rabbi, professor of medical ethics at New York's Yeshiva University, warned about this. He said, in science, the one rule is that what can be done will be done. In other words, there's no stopping Now, the greater scientific goal now is the creation of immortality. While clones may produce a kind of genetic immortality, means other than cloning are driving scientific divinity toward human immortality. And one such approach in pursuit of health remedies is called therapeutic cloning using stem cells. Listen to Time Magazine's prophetic probing question hovering over this world of bioethics. Listen to this. Can souls be Xeroxed? Can souls be Xeroxed? A Xeroxed? In 2001, Kenneth Woodward, again, set the stage for Newsweek with a title, A Question of Life or Death, 
And he concluded in his article, we stand at the edge of a new world where human beings can virtually reinvent themselves. So where's this leading? What is the driving motivation that's revealing the human heart in this pursuit? World Magazine in 1999 declared openly, someday scientists will clone a human. Well, it turns out that someday was November 1988 when the first human embryo was cloned. Richard Seed, a Harvard-educated physicist, said you can't stop science. Here's what he said. Cloning and the reprogramming of DNA is the first serious step in becoming one with God. And this kind of technology, friends, is developing. It's evolving faster than our ability to weigh the costs and ethics. But why stop with human cloning? Why not create human-animal hybrids? Well, by 2011, the announcement came 150 human-animal hybrids were grown in UK labs. The revelation came just a day after a committee of scientists warned of a nightmare of Planet of the Apes scenario. Human chimeras now being created just 10 years later. Whoa. Oh, and we're not through yet. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The Jerusalem Post asks a question. Is it possible that death may not be a foregone conclusion to life? It noted that a surprising 33% of Americans now believe in reincarnation and 41% believe in psychic energy. So what's happening then in the context of the world of science pursuing immortality and transhumanism, there is an emerging sense of some spiritual dimension creating a virtual industry to exploit the sensationalism of near-death experiences, past life encounters, and communications with the dead, leading, believe it or not, universities to offer courses on the spirit world in a seemingly subconscious effort to avert the prospect of a Messiah who might either redeem or judge. And Israel is no exception. 
Professor Afra Mazelis of the University of Haifa is the founder of what she calls the Center for the Study of the Human Spirit. She says its goal is to combine the world of academia and research with the endless, eternal landscapes of the spirit and mind. She said, I look in all directions, reaching spiritual traditions in Judaism, Buddhism, Hindus, and Christianity. She said, it's all about feelings and experiences, palatable and non-threatening. Well, the Jerusalem Post's Life After Death article was pretty long. But here are some of the points in the University of the Mystery of the Ages. First, somewhere around 75% of people in the world believe in something beyond. Next, there is a notable change in society's reaction to the possibility of an afterlife. Next, and finally, the whole subject is definitely more acceptable now. So that's happening at the very same time that science is pursuing immortality. Time declared in its cover story, 1996, Can We Stay Young? They stated that the agent of eternal life had been found. The agent of eternal life had been found. So, the mystery of aging was deemed solved. Oh, but the finality of scientific salvation hasn't reached its pinnacle of universal dominion yet. So, will humans be satisfied to be like God, or will we persist to become God? Well, according to the movement now of transhumanism and the world of science blending biological science and uh, uh, technological uh, science and also uh, AI, artificial intelligence, they're looking to create a post-human race. A post-human race. Destroying our humanity by appending technology to our bodies, and they believe even to our souls. That warning came from Andrew Torba, the CEO of Gab, GAB.com, who asserts that the tech giants are looking at creating a post-human race. When you talk about this transhumanism, uh, Ward Forbes magazine, this mindset that they have, they truly believe that they are God. They want to take the current digital addiction of the masses to the next step, to enslave our biology by planting chips or altering DNA to control us, while using the same technology to lift them up as gods to live forever and control the rest of us as digital serfs. Torba went on. He's in the technological world. He stressed that the leaders of big tech consider themselves as powerful as divine beings. They want to live forever. They want to be gods. So, in fact, it can be fairly argued that technology has become a modern quasi-religion whose daily miracles are commonplace. Humanity now stands at a crossroads. Transhumanism is man's new quest for immortality. 
science seeks to meld man and machine so as to keep one's consciousness alive in perpetuity. This is called transhumanism. Most Christians and many Jews decry the very concept and pursuit of transhumanism is dangerous and perverse, seeking to dehumanize mankind while trying to make him immortal. But technocracy and transhumanism are in control of the very course of human history at this moment, said Patrick Wood in his article, Technocracy, News, and Trends. Transhumanism's ultimate goal is for humans to escape death and live forever in a state of immorality, immortality, thus forever delaying any ultimate divine accountability for one's life on earth. Are you beginning to get the picture? Now, there's no way that I can share with you the fullness of this chapter 13 in my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. This is an unveiling, friends. This is an unveiling of viewpoints that are driving our world to think that it is not necessary to prepare your life for a Messiah who will come to judge the world in righteousness. Religious and secular critics maintain that transhumanism is itself a religion, or at the least, a pseudo-religion. Faulting the philosophy of transhumanism is offering no eternal truths nor a relationship with the divine. What ideas? Listen this, to this very carefully. What ideas, if embraced, would pose the greatest threat to the welfare of humanity? That was the question that was posed by the editors of Foreign Policy, friends. Foreign Policy. Why would Foreign Policy, a magazine, be involved in this issue? Because they consider it of vast significance to our world. So they asked the question, What ideas, if embraced, would pose the greatest threat to the welfare of humanity? That question was posed by the editors of Foreign Policy to eight prominent policy experts. One of the eight, Francis Fukuyama, professor at Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies and member of the President's Council on Bioethics, made his clear choice, declaring that, quote, The most dangerous idea is transhumanism. Whoa. Another one, however, called it a movement that epitomizes the most daring, courageous, imaginative, and idealistic aspirations of humanity. Yeah, I guess so. Human chutzpah. Beyond anything heretofore so overtly manifested in human history since the Tower of Babel. The the created being, now boldly challenging the creator himself, grasping for the glorious personification of godhood in post-human emulation of Lucifer's defiant declaration, I will be like the Most High God. 
Interestingly, this takes us to COVID. The geopolitically proclaimed COVID pandemic became the triggering catalyst to catapult the world into the ultimate merger of biotechnology and digital technology to transform humanity. That's what it did. The fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identities. Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum, said that microchips and other technology now will lift humanity into a new collective and moral consciousness. Such technology, which can turn humans, you and me, into digital assets in the new world order, enables a cashless society one's ability to buy or sell could instantly be canceled. So, the MNRA vaccines we were assured, did not affect the human genome. So why then did a TED Talk by Tal Zaks, Moderna's chief medical officer, boldly and proudly declare we are actually hacking the software of life? So, Both the Pfizer and the Moderna COVID vaccines insert genetic material into your cells, declared the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and as Bill Gates, the godless globalist, described it, quote, you essentially turn your body into its own manufacturing unity, unquote. You become a spike protein factory. You literally become your own GMO. The president of Moderna explained it this way. The mRNA is like a software molecule in biology. So our vaccine is like the software program to the body. Hmm. So when you took the vaccine, if you did, you actually inserted a new software molecule that admittedly now, does affect and change the DNA. The conclusion of technocracy news and trends is as follows. Technocrats are driving the pandemic as the great panic of 2020 to shut down the global economy to make way for the great reset or new world order into sustainable development known as technocracy. Transhumans are piggybacking their own goals onto the pandemic to trigger humans 2.0. Technocracy is to society what transhumanism is to humans that live in it. Both are extremely dangerous for all humankind and must be rejected before it is too late to stop them. So, as we wrap this up here today, friend... Uh, I said at the end of this chapter, reader beware, a counterfeit pseudo-Messiah is being readied to preempt the coming of the long-awaited Mashiach, the hope of Israel and the growing hope of humanity worldwide. Unfortunately, the technological chaos being created in feverish pursuit of a human-created God and self-immortality 
is creating camouflage and cover for godless scientists in their desperate attempt at technological salvation. Don't think for a moment that your friends and the people that you love, including your children and grandchildren, cannot be deceived and succumb to this pseudo-salvation. It is amazingly seductive because people trust science more than they do God. It's amazing. Get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. You just uh, experienced a small, small portion of this book. It's important for all of us right now. It's the unveiling, the unveiling of the mystery of the ages. Humankind is seeking to fulfill Satan's declaration, we shall become like God. It's a $22 book on our website, saveus.org, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. You can call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us. You're writing at $5 for postage and handling. And please, we're preparing the way of the Lord for history's uh, greatest hour. Can you not, would you not seriously consider becoming a partner with us to enable us to get the message out more broadly and more quickly until Jesus comes? Do it today. To Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 